climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'll be here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how educators can utilize the power of service learning to redesign education. Today's show, we're going to explore after-school service learning and how students can thrive when they are engaged in powerful learning opportunities that connect them directly to their community. You know, after-school is such an ambiguous term. It implies that we're only talking about this short period of time when the, between when the school bell rings and when students are picked up to go home. But in reality, our after-school programs include that af- before care and after care, as well as summer learning. Service learning really aligns naturally with after-school learning because both involve activities that develop social, emotional, and personal well-being, along with that leadership development that's so important for our young people. After-school is also a great place for meaningful youth engagement through hands-on learning activities like service to community and service learning. Both of them create this supportive environment where students gain that sense of belonging. They build those relationships, not only with their peers, but with other caring adults, which are so important for students' growth. This pandemic has really impacted our after-school programming. Many of our providers are struggling to keep their doors open, but now more than ever, we need, um, our students need the supports that our after-school programs provide. It's not a secret that the pandemic is taking a disproportionate toll on our education of low-income students, especially as it relates to remote instruction and school reopening. The disparities don't stop during the school day. Our low-income students are far less likely to have access to after-school programs. There was a survey that was recently conducted by Edge Research And they found that after-school programs serving mostly higher-income students are almost twice as likely to be physically open than other programs that serve our lower-income students. And the After-School Alliance um, shared that three in four programs are reporting that they are at risk of either laying off staff or closing their doors completely. This is impacting our students in such hard ways. But at the same time, we know our after-school programs and our after-school providers are resilient, just like the youth that they serve. They're adapting their program models to virtual and hybrid, and some have even turned to serving students during the uh, redesigned school day, supporting that learning um, that's being missed within the schools. Joining me to discuss the impact of service and service learning in after-school are Karen Daniel, Karen is the Vice President of Programs for Youth Service America. YSA has been a leader in youth service for nearly 40 years and is a longtime partner of the National Youth Leadership Council. 
I'm really excited to have Karen on the show. Um, I was thinking about this. I think we've known each other for almost two decades now. <laughs> Both NYLC and YSA support after-school programming through funding from the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation, which we are very grateful for. So NYLC works um, with states at the after-school state network level to develop and expand service learning programs through funding opportunities, technical support, training, and coaching. And YSA supports youth-led service and service learning by providing grants directly to after-school programs with a focus on programs that serve youth from underserved communities. Also joining us is Sterling Pino de Gaulle. Sterling is the Director of Instruction and Curriculum at Kid Power Inc. They're an amazing DC nonprofit dedicated to inspiring youth leadership by promoting academic achievement, physical and emotional wellness, and positive civic engagement in underserved communities throughout the District of Columbia. And with him is Keith. Keith is a fourth grader in DC public schools and an active participant in Kid Power Inc.'s after-school program. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for being here this afternoon. So, Karen, I think I'm going to start with you. I would love for you to share a little bit about YSA and why, as an organization, you're investing in after-school programming. Perfect. Thanks so much for having us on the show, Amy. And hello, everyone. And it's great to be speaking with you this afternoon. So YSA believes that young people, communities, and our democracy thrive when we all work together for the common good. And so YSA helps young people ages 5 to 25 find their voice, take action, and have impact by planning service projects that help the community. We know that young people are creative and talented and energetic but we know that they're not always asked to participate in developing community solutions. So we really seek to make sure that all young people have a voice in improving their communities. I like to say that we focus on more and better, more young people engaged in lots of different ways in their community and better impact in the work that they do. At YSA, we um, encourage young people to improve their communities in a model that we call ASAP. And we know that that means as soon as possible, we can't wait for young people to grow up and change the world. But for us, it also stands for the four ways that young people can make a difference. They can create awareness by educating others in their community about an issue. They can do direct service, which is often um, the way that a lot of young people get started. They can advocate for bills and legislation that make a difference on issues they work on. And they can uh, work in philanthropy to raise much needed funds for issues. In terms of after school, the, the short answer is we believe in supporting after school programs because that's where a lot of kids spend their time. And we know how important that is. Um, but beyond that, we know that after school programs create opportunities for young people to connect with caring adults and community assets in order to really make a difference during a time of the day that might be a little bit more open and flexible than you know, a structured school day. Uh, we know that uh, after school programs can really use service to engage and get the outcomes that they're looking for in terms of developing youth skills, developing leadership opportunities, strengthening academics. Uh, and finally, we look to uh, service and after school programs to develop what we call SPARKS, 
which are opportunities for young people to really develop the things that they love to do that give them joy and passion. Uh, and they can really use what they love to do to make a difference in their community as well. So as you said, we're grateful to the Mott Foundation for supporting grants that we're giving to programs to either um, engage in service for the first time or really take their service and service learning activities to the next level. And we will have some new grants available uh, this spring, which we're excited about. And Sterling and Keith are current grantees working with YSA. So we're excited for them to be with us today. That's wonderful. And I love, I love the idea of the spark. I think that that resonates so well. Um, <clears throat> so we are going to hear from Sterling and Keith um, shortly, but I would love for you to share um, some of what your other grantees are doing to create engaged citizens in their after-school programs. Sure. I would really kind of focus on three big areas. First, kind of going with that idea of the sparks, and this is something that the Search Institute in your backyard of Minnesota has done a lot of work on in terms of really looking at things that, that young people love to do. And we like to think about how young people should be at the start of at the beginning of the service project and the end and all the way through in terms of really leading that project. So we wanna make sure that it's fun and meaningful for young people. So we see a lot of young people taking things like art and sports and love of animals, three really common sparks to do service projects. Around art, we see young people developing, you know, positive messages in their community, um, having pictures and, and messages about body awareness and, and healthy eating, anti-bullying campaigns, and, and really kind of being creative around spreading messages there. Through sports, we see uh, elder kids teaching younger kids uh, around really kind of being coaches using sports to create uh, equipment drives or food drives for much needed supplies. With animals, we see kids working in shelters to help pets or um, teaching about the environmental impacts of butterflies or bees in their community. Uh, the second area would really be strengthening academics and using academics uh, to improve the community. So, for example, through reading and language arts, we see projects around older kids reading to younger kids. We see them using science to promote messages around good nutrition or preventative health or mental health. Uh, and that's really important. We see them using writing and other communications to advocate to public officials or to spread social media campaigns around an issue. Uh, and last but not least, I, I would be remiss to say that during this time of the pandemic, we've been seeing after-school programs leading really important efforts around essential needs that are even bigger during this time. I'm really excited about some new projects that we're seeing around vaccination campaigns and how young people are really kind of spreading the message about the importance of it, helping seniors get registered, helping with the logistics of the implementation, we're also seeing uh, you know, more canned food drives, more help for people who are lonely or isolated, um, more homework help for students who aren't in school. So really just um, lots of great opportunities. I think you have um, demonstrated through all of those examples that young people are indeed making a real impact in the world. Um, we're gonna take a brief pause 
And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with our guests from YSA Kid Power Inc. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Power of Young People to Change the World. We're talking with Karen Daniel from Youth Service America, Sterling Pino de Gale from uh, Kid Power Inc., and Keith, who is a fourth grader and part of the programming at Kid Power Inc. Sterling, I would love to learn more about the mission of Kid Power Inc. What do you guys do? How does it work? How are you inspiring youth leadership in D.C.? Tell us your story. Absolutely. Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Amy. Uh, We're super excited to be on. Uh, Kid Power inspires youth leadership through academic advancement, positive civic engagement, and physical and emotional wellness. Uh, We serve students in grades three through eight through both our free after school and summer programming. Uh, We also serve middle school and high school students through our mentorship program. And then we also serve families throughout the DC area. Uh, I think the best way I can tell you what we do is just by breaking up our mission into its different parts. So with academic advancement, um, we of course have kid power curriculum. So the students are constantly learning, um, but our kids are learning about a lot of interesting things that they don't get to learn about during the school day. So they learn and critique political structures. They explore customs, traditions, art, civil rights. Um, They also learn about human interactions with the natural world and the environment, focusing primarily on STEM, civic engagement, and then social emotional learning. Also with our academics, we have tutoring partnerships where local high school students tutor our students once a week. So they get that interaction as well. Um, In regards to physical and emotional wellness, our instructors focus on SEL by leading daily Kid Power Circle discussions. And these are all kid-based 
on student on social emotional learning best practices. So self-awareness, self-management, relationship building, um, all of those things, really giving the students an outlet to express their thoughts. Um, many of our school sites are also located in food deserts. And so we have veggie time programming where students learn about healthy eating and living. And we are so lucky that all of our partner school sites have allowed us to manage school gardens where students learn how to plant and harvest fresh food. And then these are sold at our local school markets for the community to also have access to. Um, lastly, I think positive civic engagement, we're inspiring youth leadership in DC through service learning. Um, the kids take part in a lot of service learning projects and they really are able to take what they've learned in the classroom and apply it to the world around them. That's phenomenal. I just, I am like, I just want to go and participate and be part of the work that you're doing. I just have to say that. Um, could you just um, maybe say a little bit more about food deserts and what that means um, in your community just for, for folks who may not really understand that term? Absolutely. So a food desert is an area where there are not really quality grocery stores available. Um, I forget the mile radius, but basically a lot of our families have to travel quite a bit, quite a distance to get access to quality and fresh greens um, and other groceries and healthy food items. So that's where our school markets come into play because our students are attending the schools. Why not bring the food to them and really allow the kids to be part of that process? Thank you. I know um, we have some folks that listen from some of the international partners that we have. And I think that idea of um, there being food deserts in the United States um, isn't always something that um, is understood. So thank you for yeah. sharing that. No um, I'd love to hear more about your work in after school. So what do you, the students do? How are you engaging them directly in their communities um, through service learning? Absolutely. So, of course, through service learning, students are able to access the needs of their communities and really assess what they want to change. And that community can be the school, it can be their neighborhood. Um, really, it is any place that the student takes part in that they really care about. Um, and so Kid Power has been fortunate to have grants from YSA and the Mott Foundation. Um, and we break up our service learning model into two key components. These are micro and macro projects. Um, all of our projects are student led. Um, and this model allows students to kind of ease into the process. So micro projects are smaller scale. These are done, um, some examples from the past have been recycling drives, community cleanups, advocacy campaigns throughout their schools. Really students focus on an issue that's important to them that they can readily make a change about um, in that day, in that week, in the next two weeks. Um, our macro projects are a little bit more larger scale. Um, and these have varied in what the students have been able to do. So this has ranged from placemats and brown paper bags that the students created um, to support Meals on Wheels or even the homeless populations in DC, um, making paracord bracelets for active duty military, um, and also letters to lawmakers on international affairs. And with that, we've actually been able to partner with UNICEF and Oxfam um, to really bring um, a, a global perspective to service learning, not just in the immediate DC community. 
Um, and then in addition, YSA has activation campaigns of MLK Junior Day of Service and Global Youth Service Day. So we always like to take part in those each year just to make sure that our students are still staying readily involved. Awesome. And we're going to let Karen talk about Global Youth Service Day in just a little bit because we want to make sure that we're activating young people um, all over the world to participate. Can you um, tell us kind of what kind of results have you seen through this multi-pronged approach to your program? Absolutely. Um, so definitely there's a greater appreciation from the community and what it has to offer. I think um, being in after school, we get to access schools, we get to access community partners. And so for students, it opens up a variety of experiences for them that they don't just get in the school day, um, which is really cool. Um, as a former classroom teacher myself, I can speak on just improved classroom performance, both socially and academically, as well as classroom participation. Um, and this also includes increased confidence and leadership opportunities throughout the school. Um, students tend to have a greater sense of self. Um, I know that there was one student who thought negatively about themselves at the start of the year and towards the end of the year really began to see themselves in a positive light. And this was evident through one of our many art activities, which was really cool. Um, but at the base, we really focus on the holistic child and really allow students to be more than a statistic or a data point and instead allow them to thrive and learn in a space that takes into consideration the many adversities that they may face outside of programming. Um, we also incorporate mentoring into our program. So we have increased mentoring opportunities for both middle school and high school students who age out of our programming. Wonderful, thank you for sharing. Um, if uh, Keith would like to share, I would love Keith for you to share with our listeners some of the things that you're doing at Kid Power Inc. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to go to after-school programming with them? First of all, thank you for having us. And, and okay, so here's stuff that, that we've been learning. So we've been going on field trips to, to, to Ranger Jefferson's, to a virtual field trip to Ranger Jefferson's to learn, to learn about, to learn about Link, Abraham Lincoln. That's awesome. Was that, did, how did you like that? Was it, was it a good trip? Yeah. Yeah. Are, what were some other, have, were there some other things that you've done um, besides your field trip? Yeah. We also learned about cyberbullying. Oh, what, can you share a little bit about what that looked like? What did you learn about cyberbullying? How it's not good to cyber bully because then they'll hurt people's feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I also, and I also learned about, I also learned about about not blaming people. About and that was, yeah, and that was, uh, and that was hands up the best, the best thing thing that I've ever that I've ever learned because because even though I know about it, that was still good because. Because one of my friends did, did said, did, did told, told her us about when we, about when we, when her, but when her to when some boys came with her to, to her grandmother's house and ate all the cookies. Long story short, she, 
She went over to grandmother's house, got got the footage of of them stealing it. Then 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 the boys got then the boys got no TV. Oops. So they got punished for stealing the cookies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Keith, can you share a little bit about what you've learned about yourself because of this because of the activities you've done with Kid Power Inc.? Yeah, and I learned that, and I learned what well, the cahoots that I learned a lot of stuff from the cahoots of my mistakes. <laughs> um, so cahoots um, for those who may not know what that is. Um, cahoots are 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 this game are this game that that schools and parents is that you could play at school or home, and they and they and they teach. And they are games that that people can, that kids can play. And and the pair and who's ever hosting it is the one, is and who's ever playing it at school, that is the teachers being the host. That's perfect. Yeah, we use Kahoot a lot in our trainings too. So, um, so it is a really fun tool to use to learn new things. Um, what would you? What do you think that? Um, is your favorite part of the program? What's your favorite thing to do? I like when when we get to talk at at the end of class about all of us about all about all about all about good stuff. That's wonderful. Like to like today we had to t- today we had to talk about how how this was how this week was the worst because because there was a hacker. There was a hacker. Can you tell us what what was what was? Can you share a little bit more about the hacker? What was that? The hacker, the hacker was. Do you know what the hacker did? He he ruined my he ruined my picture. He ruined my picture. My my Jamboard picture picture uh-huh. a few days ago. I I was drawing a picture of. I was trying to I was trying to color something on my jamboard, a picture of Stetney, the bluebell engine from Thomas the Tank Engine, and then it just starts to erase to erase all the entire picture of that of that beautiful tank engine. Well, that's just not okay. I think that that yeah. needs to have a lesson in cyberbullying that you learned earlier, huh? Yeah, and 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 the teacher said that 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 and the teacher. And our teachers figured it out that it was that, and and it, and the teachers figured that out that was someone from from our class. Mm-hmm. They don't know who it was. They didn't f- crack the case complete. They didn't crack the face entirely. They had. They still don't know who it was. All well, they know. Oh, go ahead. All, you finish. All they know that. All all they know that. All the the only thing that they know is that. Is that it's someone from from the meeting? Well, I'm sure that they hopefully will find that person. And it sounds like you have learned a lot um, with the with the work that you're doing. And so we actually we're going to take another quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to um, hear some more from Keith and Sterling and Karen, and we'll continue our conversation about after-school programs and service learning. Um, So stay with me 
Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world, Voice America Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we're speaking with Karen Sterling and Keith about the role of after school in developing our young people. And again, I want to thank each of them for joining me here today. Um, we just heard from Keith, and he was sharing um, about some of the experiences he's had um, with Kid Power Inc. Um, I think we ended on a hacker, which I think is a great transition into my question for you, Sterling, about the impact that the pandemic has had on your work and that transition, I'm sure, to some of this online learning space. Um, can you share a little bit about the, uh, the impact that pandemics had on Kid Power Inc.? Absolutely. So, of course, we had to transition to virtual, which was, it was a very quick and abrupt change at the end of March leading into April. Um, and so with that, we wanted to make sure that our work was still very intentional. So we first had to assess what our students, our families, and our school partners all needed. Um, at first, this looked like just a space to decompress and see familiar faces. Of course, we know that students require consistency. And so just having that person that you can constantly connect with and go to was very important for us to establish. Um, we also had to provide laptops for students and other materials needed for success, both with Kid Power and during normal school day. And then we did meal deliveries in partnership with a local organization to make sure that our families were really taken care of outside of the, of the kind of logistics of the pandemic. Um, 
With that, we also had tutoring and then frequent check-ins with our families, just because it's a stressful time. And so we wanted to make sure everybody was really knowing that we cared about them even beyond program. Um, our summer and school year programming, of course, shifted, but we prevailed. So our programming operates two hours a day. Of course, we have to take into consideration screen time, um, but it's the same elements as normal programming. Um, and actually, we've been able to add the additional element of virtual field trips and enrichment sessions. So Keith was talking a little bit about a virtual field trip with the National Park Service, um, which is one of our many partners in addition to the U.S. Botanic Garden and the National Museum of Women and the Arts. Um, so students are able to kind of get access to things that they have not been able to access before or would not get to go do in normal time. Um, but with our enrichments, we also wanted to provide an opportunity for students to learn about things that are just not academic, but fun. And so our instructors lead enrichments on cinema, poetry and creative writing, art, music. Um, one student was really engaged into learning more about different music genres and really connected with one of our instructors during this time. So that was really cool. Um, but of course, talking about service learning, like that doesn't end either. So our students at the beginning of the pandemic wrote poems for senior citizens at a local nursing home to combat loneliness. And with some coordination, some of the students actually hopped on a virtual Zoom call and were able to share their poems directly with some of the residents and had time to ask questions and talk to them and just, you know, enjoy their company. Um, other students created some home recycling systems. And then most recently for the MLK Day of Service, students wrote encouragement letters to frontline workers, first responders, and people in hospitals dealing with COVID. Amazing. Um, it's wonderful that they're connecting to those National Days of Service. And um, we know YSA does a wonderful job um, providing ideas and um, often grants that connect with those with those days of service. Um, I'm curious, have you seen an increase in the need for your program since the pandemic started? Is there has there been a shift um, in the outreach um, from parents and adult mentors looking for your support? Yes, yeah. So many schools and organizations throughout the district look to us as a partner in just ensuring that students are able to stay on track both socially and academically, especially with, you know, SEL being at the forefront of all of that, because this is a crazy transition time for students and adults alike. And so making sure that they're heard um, and have a space to really share their opinions is really important. Um, just for um, for those um, maybe not quite in the know as the rest of us, can you share a little bit about SEL, what that means and what that looks like with your students? Yes. So SEL stands for social emotional learning, um, and it's really connecting with students. It doesn't it actually doesn't only have to happen with students. It can happen with adults as well. But it's really tuning in to your mind and really thinking about um, how you engage with yourself whether that's through affirmations, whether that's through action, and then also how you engage with others and take other people's thoughts and consideration into account. Um, so with our SEL programming, we're talking about self-awareness and self-management. Um, just, you know, 
in simple terms, if somebody does something that you don't like, how are you going to respond to it? Are you going to get really angry or are you going to have a conversation with them and really try to reach a point of understanding? Um, so really with SEL, we're promoting students to really think about themselves and really consider their own emotions, but also consider those of others. Thank you. And I will say that um, there is a wonderful pairing between SEL and service learning and how they support one another. Um, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about the challenges that you guys have encountered um, through this journey and kind of how you've overcome them. Like, what does that um, look like in your programming? Yeah, so... You know, being transparent, there was a lot. It was a big change. Um, switching to a virtual environment, we had to make sure that we worked with our partners. But I think that what that entailed was us enacting flexibility and really making sure that we're communicating frequently with schools, other organizations, and parents just to really find out what's working, what's not working. Um, we don't want to be prideful in this situation. We really wanted to make sure that we were in a space that was conducive to the learning of our students. Um, as Keith also talked about, just mitigating cyberbullying by putting procedures in place. Um, that was something that we had not had to deal with before when we're in person. And so um, we really had to navigate that. Um, virtual engagement and ensuring that we're giving bite-sized pieces of information and not overloading students. Um, but also diversifying how information is being presented. So whether that's a slideshow or it's a fun game like Kahoot or if it's a discussion. Um, scheduling, of course, working with our district to hold programming during times that don't conflict with the school day um, or even summer school. Um, and then I think our biggest issue is numbers. You know, we went from serving 425 plus students down to you know around 150 200 students now so um, it's understandable there's a lot of screen time happening and parents want to be cognizant of that um, but you know, that was something that we had to we had to navigate as well and are still navigating um, and then lastly just location uh, people have different wireless connections there's background noise life is happening um, luckily, we've been able to see growth in all of these areas. And funny story, we actually had a student that was so eager to join Kid Power Programming that he was traveling and was on a plane and actually tuned into class from the airplane. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of different challenges that we were presented with, but I think it was a great way for us to grow as an organization and really kind of map out how we're going to move forward from this. It really does speak to the um, just creativity of young people, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> how many of his adults would be that passionate about something that we would connect to it from an airplane to make sure that we can participate? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Karen, um, could you share... Um, YSA provides so many ways that youth and educators can get involved. Can you share with us um, some of the upcoming opportunities um, that people can connect with? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, the first thing, Amy mentioned Global Youth Service Day a little while ago. Global Youth Service Day is YSA's signature campaign, and it's an annual event where we highlight the good things that young people do to contribute to their communities 365 days a year. 
Global Youth Service Day 2021 is April 23rd through the 25th, and we would love for you to plan a service project to take place over that weekend. At YSA, we have several resources to help support you in that. We're pleased to offer new grants this year called the Hershey Heartwarming Young Hero Grants. And these are grants of up to $500 for youth to help them plan service projects that really look to um, shine a light on kindness and inclusion and empathy and really kind of coming together as a community. Uh, And those grants are open until the end of March. We uh, have uh, a project ideas database on our website where people who might want to participate but not quite be sure where to get started can find some ideas that they can uh, adapt and uh, replicate in their communities. Uh, And we also have a lot of free resources on our websites uh, like toolkits and webinars and things that you can really use to increase the effectiveness of your project. Looking out beyond Global Youth Service Day, we have another grant available right now uh, called our Youth Service Zone Grants. And these are grants for communities that are really interested in kind of taking a deeper dive into how to increase the level of youth participating in their communities. And so what we ask is different kinds of community partners to come together at the city or state level and work to really increase opportunities for young people. Uh, and those grants are also available uh, through the end of March. So encourage you to look at those as well. We have grants coming in the spring, as I mentioned, for after-school programs specifically for the next school year. So stay tuned for those. We also have grants to support organizations that really take a lead in their community or their state around uh, three big days of service, the 9-11 Day of Service and Remembrance, Martin Luther King Day and Global Youth Service Day. So those will be coming out uh, this spring as well. And last but not least, this summer, YSA will be kicking off something that we're really excited about that we're calling the America 250 campaign. We know that we are about five years away from America's 250th birthday. And we love to really look over a five-year period of how we can increase the percentage of young people that are active citizens and contributors to at least 50% with the goal of getting to 100% by uh, 10 years later. So again, stay tuned for that, but we're really excited about um, working in partnership with so many great organizations like NYLC, lots of national organizations and state and local organizations to see what we can do together to really increase the, the percentage of young people that are engaged. Wonderful. Thanks, Karen. And in case you missed that, it's ysa.org. That's where you find all of those resources and grant opportunities. So make sure you check out um, their website so that you can connect with all of those, those things that Karen just spoke about. So we're actually going to take one last short break. And then when we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with Karen Sterling and we'll let Keith do share um, one last reflection with us as well. So stay with me, Amy Muirs, on the power of young people to change the world. Remember, you can follow the show on social media at nylcorg or find us at nylc.org. So we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are listening to the power of young people to change the world with amy muirs to find out more about amy and the national youth leadership council please visit nylc.org now back to the show Welcome back, everyone. Um, you're listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm Amy Muirs, and I'm here with Karen Daniel from YSA, Sterling Pino de Gale from Kid Power Inc., and Keith, who's a fourth grader and a um, participant in Kid Power Inc.'s programming. And we're talking about the importance of service learning in after school programs. Um, before the break, Karen was um, sharing with us some of the great resources and opportunities that YSA has um, for after school programs and just anyone who wants to get involved. Um, I'm wondering, Karen. I'd like to circle back and just talk about maybe some of the challenges that um, you've seen around advancing this idea of service and service learning um, as a strategy um, here in the U.S. And can you share some of not only those challenges, but the successes that you've seen? That's a great question, Amy. I would say three big challenges that we see. First is that we're used to doing programs for kids and to kids, but not necessarily with kids. Uh, We don't ask them to engage. We don't ask them to solve problems. And so we're really looking to change that model in terms of putting young people in the driver's seat for really um, applying their creativity and passion to improving communities. And I think this is particularly true in underserved communities. And yet we know that a lot of times Young people there have the biggest uh, things to say and the biggest uh, advantages to get from participating in programs like that. Second of all, I would say we see a lot of coverage of of youth-led service projects as being nice and cute and fun. We see a lot of puff pieces about that, but we know that youth service can also be really important and, and change the world. At YSA, we use the United Nations Strategic Development Goals to really put a framework around 
the most important problems facing the world and how young people can make a difference around those problems. And it's really powerful for young people to know that they're leading the same kinds of efforts as young people in France and uh, Spain and, and um, South Africa and Malaysia and literally all around the world. Uh, third, I would say that for teachers and after-school providers, their plates are really full. They're doing a lot. They have so many conflicting demands and leading uh, and, and helping youth lead quality service and service learning projects takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And so that's why we know that providing resources, providing communities of practice like YSA and NYLC do and so many other great partners of ours really makes a difference in terms of their ability to take that on. In terms of successes, I would say the, the best thing I can say is that youth are really insisting on having a voice at the table and our culture is changing because of them. Uh, a few things I was thinking about a couple of years ago, we saw one of the biggest protest movements in D.C. where I live around the youth-led March for Our Lives, around the issue of gun control. And that was all led by young people. And we just were blown away by how well they led that and, and by letting their voices be heard. Um, we've seen Greta Thunberg really be the premier environmental activist and Time Magazine's Person of the Year when she was 16 years old around really speaking out around that very important issue. Um, not a lot of people know that the young lady that filmed the murder of George Floyd was 17 years old. And that led to such um, dramatic coverage around racial justice in our society. Uh, and finally, we saw Amanda Gorman and her amazing uh, inaugural poem and how eloquently she spoke of so many of the, the challenges and triumphs going on in our country right now. So I would say that what adults are doing matters, what organizations like ours are doing matter in terms of making a space for young people, but young people are, re are really taking it and grabbing it and running with it. Wonderful, thanks, Karen. It's, um, I feel like uh, a few years ago, we used the conference theme, The Time Is Now, I think that young people have claimed this as their time and um, their voices, um, they're demanding their voices are heard. Sterling, I would love to hear, are there any final reflections that you want to share with our listeners today? Yeah, um, I think that right now is just a really great time for collaboration and a really important time for collaboration. I encourage families, schools, and after-school programs to connect and share information. Uh, everybody has been affected by the pandemic in different ways, and everybody is working hard to approach what we're calling a new normal. Uh, but our kids need us now more than ever. And the best way to do this is by collaborating and providing a dynamic support system, so that way we can move into the future um, without seemingly any hiccups you know we're dealing with a lot right now and you know we can we can really continue to work together to to move forward wonderful thank you you guys are doing outstanding work in dc and again i really wish i could come and participate in your programs maybe someday right <laughs> oh, so keith <laughs> keith if you could tell the people who are listening today one thing that you want them to remember, what do you want them to remember from this show? That, that you could, that you could try 
sign and sign sign your kid up to kid power anytime. <laughs> that is the best plug ever. <laughs> so um, we'll say you can find Kid Power Inc. at it's kidpowerdc.com, correct? Or org? Kidpowerdc.org. Dot org. Sorry yeah. about that. No worries. <laughs> so Keith says the one thing that everyone should do is come check out your programming and sign up. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. And then uh, you'll have the best experience. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I want to thank each of you guys for joining me today, um, Karen, Sterling, Keith. Um, your commitment and passion for this work is not only inspiring, but it is truly changing the world. So thank you for all that you do and all that you guys give every single day. This work is hard, um, but it is so necessary. And Keith, keep doing what you're doing. You are a change maker, young man. Thank you for being with us today. You know, you can learn more about NYLC and YSA's support of after-school programs um, by visiting our websites at ysa.org and nylc.org. You can also email me, um, info at nylc.org, and we'll make sure to connect you to the right staff person or member. Don't forget about um, those amazing resources that Karen talked about. Um, you can also find um, after-school handbooks and um, toolkits on NYLC's website that also connect to the sustainable development goals that she was talking about. Um, if you live in D.C. and you want to learn more about Kid Power, Inc., um, it's kidpowerdc.org. So um, please go ahead and connect with them. Again, I want to thank everyone for being here today. Um, if you missed the start of today's show, or you'd like to access prior shows, you can visit our homepage on the Voice America Empowerment Radio, or you can download all of the podcasts from iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, all those fun places that we all like to listen to our podcasts and music at. Um, I'm really excited about next week's show. So we touched a little bit on Youth Voice. Well, we're going to have a great discussion with Merritt Jones. She's the Senior Advisor at Student Voice which is a national student-led nonprofit organization that's working to position students as storytellers, organizers, and strategic partners, and who advocate for student-driven solution to educational inequities. Merritt was named Forbes 30 Under 30 and is a powerful voice for change. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this conversation. And if you're an innovative young person who's changing the world and you are passionate about engaging young people as change makers, um, contact me and we might just invite you to be on the show. So please mark your calendars for Thursdays at six o'clock Eastern, or again, you can always download the podcast, but until next week, don't be afraid to serve, learn, change the world. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 